So if you have your Bible, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 1. And I'm pretty sure I have put all these in the screen. Tonight I'm reading out of a different translation than I normally do because there was a certain phrase that I wanted. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation tonight. So if you don't have one, you can read whatever whatever you have, uh, but it will be on the screen as well. But I really felt like tonight, the past couple weeks, that God wanted me to title my message tonight, Christmas Reassurance. And how many know in the world we're living in right now, we could definitely use some reassurance that everything's going to be okay. We might not think that it's going to be okay sometimes, because even as followers of Christ, I truly believe if even if you sit in church every week, even if you claim to be a believer, you still have those times where you need some reassurance that everything's going to be alright. If you're here tonight and you've never needed somebody to reassure you and you've never gotten God's Word and needed that reassurance, man, you should write a book because I'd read it. Because I truly believe each and every person, if you're honest here tonight, would say, there's been times in my walk with God that I needed some reassurance that everything was going to be fine. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. And I actually am going to tie this into the birth of Jesus where it was foretold by Gabriel. So if you have your Bible, we're going to start with Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Once again, I'm reading out of the uh, NLT tonight. And it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will receive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. How many are thankful you're part of a kingdom that will never end? Amen. Amen. You're a child of God. You're a part of the kingdom. Verse 34 says, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, it's pretty common if you know what's going on here that you, you can't have a baby being a virgin. This is why she's asked this. Most of you should know that here tonight. So she says, I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be the whole, will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Verse 37 is really what I want you to pay attention to. He says, for nothing is impossible with God. Now, if that's all you go home with tonight, I'll be completely fine with this, okay? But this is really what drove home, because I've read this many times, but the fact that this stood out to me that nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Okay, so just to go over this, make it a little more simple. So this story is in a small town of, of Nazareth, okay? Where out of the blue, this angel Gabriel appeared to this young Jewish woman named Mary who was already pledged to be married to a carpenter named Joseph. He tells her she's very special and not to be afraid and getting right to the point, he tells her that she has found favor with God and will shortly become pregnant with God's son. 
that his name is to be Jesus, which means the Lord is salvation, and that he will be a king whose kingdom will last forever. If you were Mary, would you think about this? If you were Mary, how would you respond to this news? Think about this now. You're sitting there, you're maybe getting ready for bed, or you're at your coffee table, whatever's going on in your life, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, poof, Gabriel shows up. Right? And he says to you, hey, you're favored, woman, and God has, a, God has things in store for you, and, and you're going to become pregnant. Right? And she's thinking to herself, well, this, I don't know about you, but I, I'd probably be like, well, what the heck is this guy talking about? Right? What, what's going on here? And Mary, you don't know exactly everything that she was thinking, but you can imagine what was going through her mind. Right? She pointed out, how can this be? Mary asked Gabriel, how could this be, given the fact that she was a virgin? You see, Mary lived at a time when God had not been supernaturally active in Israel for over 500 years. They weren't accustomed to angels just showing up out of nowhere. Things like that just didn't happen. So understandably, Mary wanted an explanation. How many here in your walk with God, God has told you to do something or something was going to happen? And I believe too many times we're the people that before we do anything, we want an explanation. Yeah. <laughs> right? We want to know, okay, God, you told me to do this. What's going to happen? When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? She, she wanted an explanation. She said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. So she's already asked the question and already knows this is not possible. How many of you have ever been in some situations, and maybe you're in a situation right now, where you're looking at it and says, this just is not possible. I don't know how it's going to happen. So Gabriel realizes that he needs to help Mary understand what's about to happen to her. So he explains that she'll become pregnant through a divine miracle. I believe we're living right now in a time when many people need a divine miracle. When the Holy Spirit overshadows her, he says, and that the child will be the Son of God. To validate this explanation, he tells her that her relative Elizabeth is six months pregnant. So not only does he say what she, what's going to happen to her, but he also confirms that nothing's impossible with God because of what everybody else was already saying about Elizabeth. She'd never have kids. Elizabeth was barren and well beyond childbearing years, yet through divine, supernatural intervention. How many know there's just many things in our life that we cannot do on our own, and humanly it's not possible, but how many here have experienced before that supernatural intervention when the Lord came in and made the impossible possible in your life? Amen. We've all experienced different things, and this is what was going on he was sharing with Elizabeth. She was pregnant with John the Baptist. Then Gabriel ends the conversation with this powerful message when he says, For nothing is impossible with God. Some of you here tonight and watching online simply just need to hear the fact that nothing is impossible with God. A lot of things were going through Mary's mind. Maybe she was thinking, Is my engagement to Joseph in jeopardy? Now, if I was Joseph... Right? Let's just be human and honest for a minute, all right? If my, if me and my wife were engaged and to be married, and she comes up to me and comes, comes and sees me or something, and she says, "I'm pregnant," right? 
mine, right? I'd probably be a little concerned. And then for her to top it off and say, but don't worry about it. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit did this to me, and it's going to be the Son of God. Don't worry about it. Now, I'd like to think that I was super spiritual enough to be like, okay, huh, that's great. Let's do this. Right? But I'd probably be thinking to myself, this girl is a whack job. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, I'd probably end up saying she needs to, like, go into a home or something because she's seeing things. Some, somebody's talking to her. She thinks she's pregnant now. Or I'd probably be thinking, what happened? Like, what's going on? So you would understand possibly why Mary probably would have thought, Joseph either is going to think I'm nuts. Is my engagement in jeopardy? Right? Think about this. How will I explain this to my family and my friends? Maybe she thought, is this really happening to me? She needed reassurance that God was indeed acting on her behalf. This is the whole point. She needed reassurance that God was working on her behalf. What does reassurance mean? If you look up reassurance in the dictionary, it means the action, right? This is important. The action of removing someone's doubts or fears. It's also a statement or a comment that somebody can say that will remove somebody's doubts or fears. We're living in a time right now where I'm not talking about the world because I don't expect any different from the world if they don't know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on a personal level. If they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I don't expect any different. But when it comes to people in the church that have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we should not doubt and we should not fear. But sometimes in order for those doubts and fears to go, we need somebody to reassure us that everything's going to be okay. So Gabriel's words were reassuring. What did he say? He said, for nothing is impossible with God. And when he said these words, it, what it actually did it was it touched the core of Mary's being. She reached out in her spirit, took a leap of faith, and said, I am the Lord's servant. So how do we know that it reassured her? Because she was willing to do it. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said come true. And then Gabriel left. I am the Lord's servant. She was reassured by Gabriel that everything was going to be okay. She reassured him what was she, she, he reassured her what was going to happen. And she said, "Let it be unto me." So, like Mary, I feel that some of us here tonight or watching online need some reassurance. You can put it on, you know, I'm not just necessarily talking, some of us think there's big things and there's small things, but some of the things that you think are small are really big to somebody else. Some of you here tonight might be thinking, well, I, I, I don't really, I don't see me having an issue paying my bills these next couple months, but there's probably other people here tonight where it's okay with you, but other people are wondering what's going to happen and what's going on. You might be uh, praying for your kids and other people's kids here might all be saved, but yet yours isn't. What, what might be nothing to you is something huge to somebody else. Amen. You might not be battling with something physically, but there's people that are here and maybe watching online that are. Just because you're not going through it doesn't mean somebody else isn't. And if you think about it, even though you're going through something, I guarantee there's somebody else that's much further off than you are. 
somebody that has it a lot worse than you do. But God looks at all of them equal and he wants to supply our needs and reassure us that everything's going to be okay if, if we trust in the hand of God. Reassurance that everything's going to be okay. America has fallen into the bias of moral decay and our world and the people in it need salvation. Yeah, amen. Every generation must discover anew their need for salvation. Right. Every generation. And if you're anything like me, you want to see our nation become morally strong again. Amen. Somebody yeah. a little weak on that one. <laughs> But we want to see it become strong again and rise from the ashes of social decay. And all the evil that's going around in our world. We look around and say there's no hope. Let me tell you this, if there's breath in their lungs, there's hope. Amen. Some of you don't like to hear this, let me tell you this, as long as there's breath in, 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 in anybody in leadership, there's hope that God can turn the situation around. Amen. You might think the worst person out there, you might think this person will never change, but as long as there's breath and there's still time on this earth for the church to do what we're called to do, people will and will continue to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as we stand upon the Word of God and do what we're called to do as His church. Yeah, but I want to tell you this even though our world's in the way that it is we cannot look to technology to solve our problems we cannot look to the government to solve our problems instead we need to look to God who is the solution to our problems I've had people actually get mad at me this past couple years because I've said Jesus is truly the solution for all these problems yeah. And like, well, no, it goes deeper than that. It can't go any deeper than the root issue of somebody's heart. Amen. And the only thing that's going to change someone's heart is when they come to the salvation knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen? Amen. So therefore, when I say that Jesus is the only solution, what I mean is, is you might know somebody that's causing the problem, but if Jesus can get into their heart and change their life, that problem goes away. You might see somebody that's in, that has an addiction and, and they, have, they have an addiction to something, whatever it may be. There's many types of addictions. And you might say this person has a serious problem. They might have a serious problem, but if they receive the solution into their life, the problem goes away. I'm a firm believer that people can still be set free and delivered and completely healed and not struggle with the same things day in and day out that they always struggled with. But the solution is Jesus. Man can't do it. Your best counselor that you go to, I'm not saying these people are bad. I'm not saying that if you go to a counselor, that's wrong. But if all you do is look to man and you never look to God, your problems will truly never go away. The answer is Jesus. Abraham Lincoln said this, We have forgotten the gracious hand which has preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And have mainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom or virtue of our own. We can't do it on our own. What Abraham Lincoln was saying here was actually good. He, he was condemning what, what they were thinking and what their hearts were like. Our military men and women who wear the uniform are professional warriors. They know how to fight. 
They train to fight and win and they understand the fundamental principles of common warfare. And if you're here tonight, let me remind you that there's another kind of warfare being waged. Right now. It is a spiritual warfare going on in this country. You might not think it's spiritual, but it's spiritual. There's things going on that you don't know about. There's things going on that are unseen. What's going on in our world is spiritual. What's going on in our schools is a spiritual battle. What's going on in our streets is a spiritual battle. And no amount of technology and no government intervention is going to win this war. Only God. Amen. They need God and they need salvation and they need it now. But if the church isn't going out and being representatives of the kingdom... How do we expect society to change when the church truly hasn't yet? We got people sitting in church week after week that truly haven't changed and they and they complain about our society, but yet their own own heart is just as deceitful as the society. We will never change this world unless we first, number one, change our own hearts. Because only when we change our hearts will we truly see this world for what it is. Not, we're not fighting man. We're not fighting flesh and blood. It's a spiritual warfare. And Jesus is and always will be the solution. We need a spiritual awakening in this nation. A spiritual awakening must first start with you and me. Therefore, we need personal reassurance that God is working on our behalf. You might be here tonight with a need. God can meet that need right now for nothing is impossible with God. Hunt, can you come back to play? You may be here with severe health problems. Nothing is impossible with God. If He can take Mary a virgin... And she become pregnant with the Son of God. Why do you think that what He did for her that was impossible, that He cannot do for you what's impossible? Some of you have been in church so long and have been content for so long and have become comfortable for too long that you live day to day to day content with how your life is and how this world is. And it's like your head's so stuck up in the clouds that you're just waiting for His coming, that you're missing out on every opportunity for your life and everybody else's lives to become more and more like Christ. You might be here to... I know people that physically are not well, and all they say are things like, well, when I get to heaven, I'll be healed. Don't get me wrong. I believe when you get to heaven, we're going to be completely restored. But I'm not going to leave with my head stuck up in the clouds saying, well, when I get there, when I get there, when, no. While I'm here, I can walk in the blessing and the favor of God. While I'm here, I can walk in healing. While I'm here, I can walk in financial breakthrough. While I'm here, I can live the abundant life that Jesus says I can live. The enemy says I, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It's not when you get there. It's while you're living here now. I preached before 
I'll say it again. When you talk to people about what's eternity, people say, well, when you get to heaven. It's, that's not what eternity is. Scripture says, when God, Jesus said eternity is that they know you, the one true God. Eternity is not a destination. Eternity started when you said, Lord, come into my life. It's not a destination, it's a relationship. You study this. Eternity is not when you... I always heard growing up, and, and, and when you, what, what is eternal life? Well, when we get to heaven, we're going to live for all eternity. I've already started living the eternal life, and I've already started living for eternity. The day I said, I'm in need of a Savior. So if I'm already living in that eternal life, I don't need to wait to get there to walk in the blessings of God. I don't need to wait till I get there to walk and find healing and to find deliverance and to be set free from things in my life that I need to be set free from. I can call on the name of the Lord right here and right now. Some of you can clearly remember days where you called on the Lord and He answered. Not get comfortable waiting, for, just sitting around waiting for heaven. There's people that are spiritually dying because all they're doing is waiting. Understand what I'm saying? Yes, we need to be ready. We need to be watching for, for, for the Lord's return. But there's too many people that are focused up there that they're completely missing every opportunity right here. You may be here tonight in spiritual confusion and darkness and God will meet you where you are he will end your searching and satisfy your spiritual hunger for nothing is impossible with God you may be lonely without family and have no one to share relationship with God will fill your emptiness and begin to bring you into certain relationships nurturing relationships for nothing is impossible with God you may be out of relationship with somebody you dearly love and you don't hold out much hope for reconciliation, but God is able to bring healing to the relationships that you have in your life that need healing. You may be here and your career is in trouble. You don't know what you're going to do or where you're going to go. God is preparing a way for you right now. I believe truly that whatever's going on in your life, that God is already preparing the way. You just need to trust in Him and say, not my way, but His way. What's it say? For His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. I don't want my way. His way. He's already prepared it. For nothing's impossible with God. You may be here tonight and your children or your grandchildren or someone very dear to you is in trouble right now. Now you might say, well, my kids are... Are, are in real trouble. They're, some of them, they're not doing anything illegal. Can I tell you this? If they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they're in trouble. Yeah. They're in trouble. They might be out of your house and they might be doing whatever they want, but if they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they're in trouble spiritually. And they need a relationship with Jesus Christ. But you know what? Don't give up and don't lose hope. Don't give up and don't lose hope. I've been in trouble. I've had my time of not serving the Lord. I've had my time just doing whatever I wanted to do. 
are thankful for praying people. Amen. Right? Amen. Praying people. Your children need to find God, and I believe God is calling them to Himself even now. He's offering them salvation. Don't lose heart. If there's breath in their lungs, there's hope for change. Keep praying for them. They might be addicted to something. Keep praying for them. Pray that God will do whatever He has to do. And sometimes that's a, that's a scary prayer that some people don't want to pray because you're like, well, what is He going to do? I don't care what He does as long as they get delivered, set free, and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, do what You want to do. Whatever it takes. He's offering them salvation for nothing's impossible with God. And some of you just need to simply hear tonight that God is 100% for you. He's for you, not against you. And just like He brought salvation to mankind years ago through a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, He stands ready. Ready. Aren't you glad you ain't got to be on a waiting list? Right? I'm thankful that He hears each and every one of us whenever each and every one of us call. If every one of us called on the name of the Lord at the same time, He'd still be able to say, that's John's voice. That's Alan's voice. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a couple different Johns in His church, but nope, that's John Williams' voice. He knows. Oh, Ernie's calling me. Even though there's a bunch of other people calling you at the same time, we don't have to wait. I don't have to be put on a waiting list. How many hate waiting lists? How many hate when you call and it's like your waiting time is 35 minutes? Slam this phone. And then you're there 45 minutes to an hour and nothing changes. I'm thankful that when I pick up the phone, he's always there to answer and he's always on time. You're not always going to hear a, John, I'm answering you. You're not always going to hear some clear voice. Let me tell you what, when you're open to the Holy Spirit, you'll receive the answer. Sometimes it's ways that you, you don't even expect. Sometimes it's just like in Scripture, a still, small whisper. It's not always in these huge things. We want an answer, just a bang, there it is, it's big, it's right there, bold letters. Sometimes we can't hear because we're speaking too much above the gentle whisper. What do I mean by that? Sometimes we have to stop talking and wait and listen. It also says in Scripture, be still and know that, that I am God. He's listening and He's 100% for us and He stands ready to bring salvation, hope, healing, and deliverance into your life. 